0: Hey everybody, thanks for listening. You're listening to Knives Monroe versus the podcast. How are you guys doing? Hopefully you're doing well. It is January 5th, 2020. We've been doing this five days in a row and I'm proud to say that. So if, okay. you, haven't, if you haven't already, you know, make sure to subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Spotify, that's the one I'm going to be promoting the most, just because I think Spotify is most readily available on all the platforms. Subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. I'm here today with a dear friend, Kendall York, who's an indie filmmaker buddy of mine. He's one of the few artists who is helping me keep my indie darlings group page alive. And don't think I... I don't notice that. Um, I really appreciate it, and I'm glad to finally have you on the show. Kendall, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's
0: my pleasure. So let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, off mic, we were talking about a few things that we wanted to go over. I'm a filmmaker, and people have heard... I mean, Jesus, if they've heard it once, they've heard it a thousand times. My origin story. But I'm very curious about yours. First, let's start with... Where are you from, and how many birthdays have you had?
1: I turned twenty-five just now in November this year. I mean, technically last year, and uh, I'm twenty-five. Sorry, I'm messing up here. Lost my, but yeah. And then uh, I've been loving movies since before I can remember. I saw a tour Story and 101 Dalmatians. My mom took me to see that in the theaters when I was a year old. And uh, went out, and then we had a classroom assignment in first grade where we had to draw a picture of what we wanted to be when we grow up. So I was thinking, I grew up watching like the behind the scenes on VHS of Indiana Jones and Star Wars. I was like, you know what? I'll be a filmmaker. So I've been chasing it ever since.
0: Wow. So, 25 years old, you were born in 95? 94.
1: 94.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, Man, that's crazy. So, what what year was it roughly when you were like in high school, like say 16, 17, how, what year was that?
1: 2013 when I graduated.
0: And so, okay, 2013. So the movies that were, that were around during that time were were pretty lit. Um, Say like 2010, like the beginning of the decade was during your formative years. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. And so, like, 2010 had classics like Inception, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, um, Social oh, yeah. Network. 2011 had um, Melancholia, which I was, like, a big fan of. Some great mm-hmm. movies. 2012 had, like, Django Unchained, The Master. Um, 2013's a little spotty, but, like, I remember Man of Steel, Pacific Rim, Great Gatsby. Like, that was the summer, I can recall.
1: And Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Wolf of Wall Street. Was that 2013?
1: Yeah, I saw
0: them theaters. Are you um uh, are you, this is kind of like a silly question, but would you say you're a Scorsese guy? I think so. Who were who were some filmmakers that you discovered when you realized, "Oh shit, I'm a filmmaker." Who were some of the guys that you're like these are, you know, kind of like my my father figures or my idols. They don't have to be just men, right? But uh who were some of the oh, filmmakers that that know. were your gateway I don't guys?
1: Know. I almost became one filmmaker, and I became another. First, I was a big James Cameron fan. I thought, like, I'll be a big blockbuster filmmaker.
0: So you were saying? No uh, did I hear you mention like PTA and Tarantino?
1: Uh, Tarantino, yeah.
0: What was the movie? Pulp Fiction was my first one. Oh, dude, it's always Pulp Fiction, man. Uh, it's, I know. it's Quentin has this weird balance of he makes it look easy. His movies are so kind of like fanboy inspired of like, I love this, I love that, I love this, I love that, that you, I think you think, oh shit, that means I could do that. All I got to do is just love a movie or love filmmaking very much. That's all I got to do? Well, I can do that.
1: To me, it was like people sitting around talking in a diner was when I realized I could do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Um, You and me have talked before about about kevin smith like how did you discover him just because i feel like it's he's more of a kind of like an old school kind of um voice from like when it was happening like it's i think it's kind of rare that people discover kevin smith kind of after his his 90s era
1: right someone so, yeah someone talked about him on youtube and I, and I saw the i looked up the trailer on youtube and Ordered it on Netflix DVD mail and thought it was really funny.
0: And what movie? What movie was that? Clerks. Clerks is the movie that I remember watching and thinking, "Oh shit, that counts. I could do that."
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And That's how I felt. Do you still want to make the big summer blockbusters?
1: I don't know. If I don't think I. I can physically do it. I get too stressed out. I think mean, I'll be too stressful.
0: For for sure. So how did you start practicing filmmaking?
1: Well, I, when I was like three or four, I made, I, I couldn't wait for Torch Story 2 to come out. So I made like a Torch Story 2 fan film.
0: And, and how did you, what tools did you have? to play with at that Since time. my
1: dad was videotaping me with a with me playing my toy story toys on a vhs seat camera
0: do you still have copies of that by any chance somewhere yeah all oh, that's going to go in the documentary that they make about you so make sure that you Heck yeah. keep those in pristine condition and what, what about in say elementary middle school high school like well how did you cut your teeth
1: I, I wish I did more. I didn't really do more. I was pretty much more studying my craft and learning about the history of film and watching behind the scenes.
0: What were some, you know, BTS or like, you know, featurettes or, or things that you can remember seeing? And like, did you ever get to apply the things that you learned in real
1: life? So mainly recently reading books, like I watched the Lord Readings behind the scenes.
0: It's funny you mentioned that. I just saw... Usually, anytime I get inspired to watch Lord of the Rings, I'm like, that's great, but I need to start from the beginning. I can't just cut to part three. And yeah. I usually watch Fellowship of the Ring. I get satiated, completely fulfilled, and then I don't finish it. I've seen Fellowship maybe 15 times, and I've seen the other two maybe twice. I have. Yeah. I am that guy where I have seen the lord of the rings trilogy the extended cuts in one sitting which was very difficult and i was able to do it like in my early 20s i couldn't do it now but uh, i don't need to do that it's intense and so i watched i just skipped fellowship which i normally never do and i saw twin Was it called two towers and return of the king a couple days ago and oh my god i was watching it with my son who's 14 so you know it's very that's where all the good shit comes and hits you and I, I don't know where Peter Jackson started with, with that movie. Those, that story is way too big. The filmmaking is just way too giant and overwhelming. Like The fact that I believe they, it was all one production, right? Like They made it all at the same yeah, time. Yeah,
1: they did it back to back.
0: What did you get out of that? Like what, what can you take from the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, and what he did? And how do you apply it to what you do?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe may, may, I think I can apply more to like what he's done on Bat taste, his first feature film. I never saw it. It's very DIY. Any filmmaking, it looks like a YouTube video.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: when like I, he did all the effects himself, he did all the effects himself and made the mask in his parents oven.
0: That is awesome. Peter Jackson man like he has this he reminds me of uh, Guillermo del Toro and that he, anytime he gets to make a movie it's like a kid in the bathtub playing with his toys yeah
1: that's how that's what I got out of that's exactly what I got out of the buildings behind the scenes and that's what got me hooked on filmmaking
0: so flash forward to say your 20s um, what do you do for a for a J.O.B.? Um, I'm sorry. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you do for a job? What do you do for a job? Oh, GLB.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I work at a hospital cafeteria right now at yeah. nights.
0: Oh, wow. That's cool. I
1: don't.
0: I don't think I knew that. Maybe when we started talking, you were doing something else, right?
1: Maybe. Yeah. I just started. Probably.
0: Wow. That's cool. And is that like nights? It's
1: it's 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 five days a week. It's four to nine thirty.
0: Four p.m. to nine thirty a.m.
1: Uh, 4 p.m. to 9
0: 30 p.m. Oh, gotcha, man. And, um, are you able to have a, have a work-life balance?
1: I'm struggling with that, man. I try my best. I usually, since I can sleep most of the day, I usually go home and like watch. When I go home, I watch movies, Netflix or stream stuff. And then I also work on my screenplays and watch tutorials and podcasts and then I go to bed.
0: How do you balance soaking up information, data mining, like you know collecting inspiration? Like how do you how do you manage that and then flipping it into productivity?
1: I'm not sure. I just I'm still trying to figure out I just go with my instincts. I don't really have a process I do. I've always had a pretty good memory.
0: Okay. So um, when it comes to filmmaking, I feel like it's kind of like working cool out pressure. at the gym. Um, in yeah. order to get big muscles and to grow, you have to uh, be on the offense and attack those muscles again and again and again. Put more weights on the bar, stretch it, put more pressure on it so it can grow. And you got to get reps in, repetition, right? Uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, who I'm a big acolyte of, says uh, repetition is the mother of skill. And I'll give you an example. In 2012, I made a movie. It was about a 30-day total process, just production, not even counting. The screenplay was done. So from, I think it was 19 shooting days, took me 10 days to edit it. We screened it on one day. And it just so happens to be a nice, even number, 30 days of, of actual work, not counting stress panic attacks no call no shows just actual days on the job training 30 days for a whole month and it took eight months in 2011 to write the screenplay so you spend all this time in your head theorizing like you know how am i going to shoot that that day maybe you have a storyboard maybe you have a shot list um but all that matters is that day what are you going to get and mother nature always wins, so if something crazy happens that day, you might not be able to get your shit in and you have to Oh, I feel yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as far yeah. as reps, hours, you know, time uh, you know, what can can you paint a picture for me of those those times where you get to grow and you get to you get to actually focused on filmmaking and you know being able to support yourself as you know it's difficult when you have a full time job and maybe maybe you dabble with school or you have responsibilities or there's there's the stresses and anxieties that come with, you know, home life and family life. You know, yeah. it's very difficult and expensive to try to get under the umbrella in the filmmaking world and play and have those reps. Right. So how do you do it? How have you done it? And can you talk to me about the growth of that for a while?
1: Uh, yeah, I, sorry, I, you pretty much answered it right there. Repetition. I have a lot of free time, so I just do nothing but study film and work on screenplays. I did last year try to make a feature film, which fell apart by one day. Were you
0: able to, to wrap it?
1: No, it's no. I I deny. Like we had one day of filming left, and my lead actor, business partner, producer, felt quit on the last day.
0: I've definitely been in those situations where you come so far, and in the end, it doesn't even matter. Just like the Lincoln Park song. Um, Oh yeah. Have you been able to bring a short film or a feature film? To maturity, like where you complete the entire production cycle and you present it in
1: front of an audience? Yeah, the one I sent you, I filmed a feature film two years ago in 2018. That was my first feature film I did, Bad Fans. So,
0: rap about that for, for a minute. You know, walk me through the screenwriting process, the casting process filming, post-production, editing, and, and uh, presenting it in front of an audience.
1: I pretty much did what I learned. I learned I applied from uh, doing 48-hour short film festivals. So we didn't really have a script. I was inspired by... It's Love Letter, Kevin Smith, and Mumblecore Cole films. I like to do West Brothers and Joe Swanberg. So the whole film was pretty much improv. All I had was an uh, sc- uh, idea of topics, And what the app is, it's it's like a podcast. When I sent it to you, you said it was like it reminded you of a podcast. That's right. I pretty much took inspiration from my Damp Andre and turned it into, but with Star Wars fans.
0: That's right. So how much of that was, was, yes, of course. How much of that was improvised and
1: how much of that was
0: written on paper?
1: Uh, I just had topics. Right now, that's all I did, was have Topics and Gerenic shows up and tells him get a job. That, that was it.
0: It's funny, like, I feel like mumblecore films were never really, they never really had the prestige that, like, the early 90s indie film revolution that, like, Robert Rodriguez, Tarantino kind of propelled, um mumblecore kind of came and went and was disregarded like at the same time and i was one of those snobs that look at looked at joe swamberg and was like this this is hack this is lazy i don't i'm not a big fan of this and i had to kind of grow up a little to look back and appreciate it for for really being intimate and and really saying that filmmaking doesn't have to be boom 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 craziness special effects like making it minimal brought it brought more focus and attention to the performances to the dialogue to the naturalism and that was something that I forgot and and missed about like the intimacy of a movie right did you ever see richard linklater's tape
1: i need to that's on my list
0: i think it's on it's on Amazon Prime, actually. I was like, I thought it was on Netflix. Okay, cool. It's on Amazon Prime, so you you can be able, you can stream it for sure. I'm sure maybe it's on YouTube or something, but uh, that was something that I saw at a very early age. And without giving really much of it away, it's three actors in a hotel room in real time. Richard yeah. Linklater was always so one of those guys I, that
1: that pioneered. kind I did was. I hear an echo. Is it okay?
0: I don't hear anything. Yeah, it's good. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, the yeah, that's kind of inspiration for bad uh, Bands That and my dear Andre. Well, reading about tape is a big inspiration.
0: So, walk me through. Well, 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 let me ask you this: how how much money did that movie cost to produce?
1: Under five hundred dollars. Probably three fifty. Were you able
0: to distribute it or try to make your money back?
1: It was mainly just for practice.
0: I see. Um, and what did you learn from putting it out there? You know, uh, I probably didn't give you much critical feedback. I really just saw it and was like, oh, this is something that I did with my friends when I was in, when I was in high school. It's one of those kind of steps up the ladder, right? Like when, and you, you, you start there, you know, like Robert Rodriguez had something very similar, like, uh, gosh, what was that short? film? Every director has 10
1: back films in them.
0: <laughs> I probably <laughs> have more than that in me for sure. That's a good one. Who said that? Was that Ed Wood? That was Robert Rodriguez. Ro- so there you go. Ten bad films. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so what did you? What did you learn when it, when it was all when it was all said and done? And what would you have more, done different?
1: More preparation.
0: Like what specifically?
1: Like uh, I had a location fell through. Like we were going to film it on the back of my parents' house with the brick wall to make it more like a red box, but the there's too much noise, so we had to like pretty much film by the fence in the last minute. And so and, hi, and take more time casting too.
0: What did you feel like a sort of pressure to to finish it and say ta-da, here it is, or? You know, I, I'm very guilty. Pretty much. I, I'm I'm projecting right now. Like I'm guilty of like getting something to eighty percent and saying, "Look, done is better than perfect." Here it is. Take it or leave it.
1: But I mean, I always wanted to make films, but I was so scared of like failure or people call me a hack or like making a bad movie. So I was pretty much you know what? Fuck so, okay, it. I'm going to make a movie and. uh and like and like, here it is, and just it for practice, and like we had it, had this video saying "Fuck up on purpose?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Have you thought about looking into because you're I feel like you're like me, in that you and me we romanticize like ninety minute feature films. Have you ever thought we about do, making, yeah. like, TikToks or or things, like, in that digital space, like, in the social media space? I thought about it. And what do you think about that?
1: I'm not sure I'm too romantic, like you said, but I'll probably maybe do both.
0: Another Are you th- there? Yeah, of course. Another thing okay. about being romantic about, you know, filmmaking is... I think we glamorize the difficulty. We make it harder than it needs to be insofar as we have to do a casting call and you got to do that the quote-unquote right way. Uh, I got to find an editor, a sound person, and I have to do that quote-unquote the right way and then distribute it, which if you're going to be traditional about it, that usually means putting it into a film festival, letting other people judge your work and be the arbiters of the shelf life of the movie, where it's going to exist in the afterlife, how do you wrestle with being creatively fulfilled, but also going down the the step-by-step process of, of filmmaking? Like, quote-unquote, how to make it in the traditional old-school sense?
1: I don't know. I've been kind of recently combining new school with old school. Like, I had this idea, and so selling my movie on DVDs, selling them on usb flash drives like people like musicians do
0: and so what do you think about that you know like what is what let me ask you as an indie filmmaker in 2020 do the ends justify the means and what are the ends like what what does like do you want to make a living making movies i do and so how how do we do that in 2020
1: there's a podcast that I recommend. This guy pretty much talks about it. It's called a film. Per- you have to be an entrepreneur pretty much.
0: So Kendall, how do you, how do you plan on doing it? Do you, do you have a plan or is that still a work in progress?
1: I kind of do. I like, I feel like you have to like make multiple feature films a year and make enough profit that justifies the means. Like do you see that photo I posted on a, on the Facebook group,
0: yeah. So, what did j- what was the intent behind that? Like, what what were you trying to say? And, and uh, for the listeners who can't see it, describe it to them.
1: Okay, it's a uh, like if you make four three films a year, twenty k profit. That's like forty two grand a year.
0: And so, and so, I mean, like, what does that mean? Like, how do we how do we implement that?
1: Just you have to make a filmmaking factory, like you have to you just have to be like quick and with your films.
0: One thing that's that I find difficult and it's interesting, I I, I just pulled it up here. You wrote a fourteen thousand dollar profit of three films a year equals forty two thousand dollars a year. A fourteen thousand yes, dollar profit of four films a year is $56,000 a year. Flash forward to yes, $14,000 profit for six films a year is 84000 So do you mean producing six films that each make $14,000 in profit?
1: Yes, that's exactly what I meant.
0: So I understand like the net of, of casting a wide shadow, a wide net, six films, five films a year, What's difficult is like with the advent of OTT platforms, streaming platforms, your Netflix, your Disney Plus, your Amazon Primes, your Hulu's and so on, they're, they're, they're so valuable in that I can have access to Netflix's entire filmography and library Ooh. for what, $12 a month? How am yeah. I supposed to sell one movie, a ninety-minute feature, in such a competitive market? And how and what am I supposed to sell it for when Netflix is offering people all the movies for twelve dollars a month? Like, how do I make money in two thousand and twenty in filmmaking?
1: Yeah, right, I'm still trying to figure that out. I guess have a fan base.
0: Okay, so say you Personal have branding. When I was cutting my teeth and like a little younger than you on YouTube, the guy that I wanted to follow in his footsteps, like my Joe Swanberg was Freddie Wong from rocket jump. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Oh yeah. He introduced me to this concept of the, I think it was like the 100 hardcore fans or the 1000 hardcore fans. And if you have true fans, exactly. And if you have 1000 hardcore fans that, contribute to your cause say of $10, right? Let's just do some quick right. math here. Obviously, I'm dumb. Bear with me here. 1000 times 10 is $10,000, right? So right. $10,000 say you produce something um quarterly. So times 4 is $40,000. So if you have 1000 hardcore fans, and once every four months, you get them to pay $10 for something. That's $40,000 a year. That's enough to make a living. Yeah, it is. That's enough to pay for rent somewhere. Yeah. So how do we attract 1,000 hardcore fans as, you have as to, filmmakers? You have to niche down. And so by to niching very, down... You
1: have a very specific niche and like have a very specific audience mm-hmm. in mind. Do you
0: think, and, and how do we like connect with them, right? Like what is the gateway drug now? Because back in our day, it was going to Blockbuster, going to Redbox, going to the movie theater. All of a sudden you become a fan of David Lynch. And so you meet other David Lynch fans. And when David Lynch drops his next movie, you're going to support that, Right. Right, But a I David like Lynch Facebook movie ads. comes once every 10 years or something. So today in 2020, like, I almost feel like we, like our, like the 1000 fans, I almost feel like they need our phone number and we have to talk to them yeah, every totally. day and like connect with them and like, wow them and like be cool with them. Like every single day, uh, like I, basically as a filmmaker, like what you said about you have to be an entrepreneur, um, filmmaking and like the artist brain is rarely aligned with the entrepreneur businessman brain. So now You're we right. have to it's become the, We have to educate ourselves. Balance
1: I struggle with.
0: It's difficult because we went to school, whether if it's YouTube university or say some sort of film school, um, we went to school for film and now we got to go to school for business essentially yeah and we yeah. become a multifaceted hydra where we got to know about f-stops and cameras and audio and wave files and we got to know about business and supply and demand and marketing it's just like we got to learn more and more and more um you know so how do you connect with the brand and what do you what's the daily relationship with this audience like because you can't make a movie every single day right or can you
1: I feel like Facebook ads are the best way to reach people now and Instagram ads.
0: But, you know, what, what would you advertise? I'm still trying to figure that out. I've been hustling to figure that out. It seems like that's kind of like the new first base and we need to figure that out before we even have like a story or a movie. Exactly. If I could just, you know pontificate a little bit about that you know me personally like i was a guy i wanted to be larry clark david lynch lars von trier like those are my guys pta yeah and making a movie is so expensive and requires connections and you have to be a people person and there's money involved and there's responsibilities all that stuff you have to be creative, you have to be artistic, but you also have to be a, a ruthless business person at the same time or at least have people that vouch for you that, that have that credibility. Um, exactly. And so for me, it's become less about fiction. It's become less about actual um, s- stories. And it's become more about People and like relationships with, with other humans. I actually think about you all the time, if I'm being real. Really? Because, oh yeah. Thanks, man. Because of what you post online and how you're just one of the few dudes that, that posts in my group. And that actually well, I goes, get a lot
1: of traction on it, so...
0: That's surprising. You, you deserve more, to be honest. You deserve way more. Thanks, man. And uh, that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because I look at you as, like, one of my guys. I, I count God. on Kendall, you know, and uh, and I support yeah. you. And I want to be able to get to this place financially where if Kendall has a lit idea, it's like, cool, Well, what does he need? If he's the visionary, I guess, like, and I'm not saying this is you. I'm just kind of yeah. ranting out loud, thinking out loud. But, like, yeah. this might not be you, per se, this was me for a while, but not every filmmaker or not every artist or creative is a business person. And so they need to be taken care of or managed and they need to be, uh, they need to have the connections with people that have those resources and then they need to be protected, right? So right. one day I want to be able to produce movies. And what that means is putting the money up for those movies and making sure that that production stays on schedule and hopefully you don't overspend. Right. Um, Right. So if I wanted to produce a Kendall York picture, you know, I also have to ask myself, well, how do I make my money back? Right. Um, Absolutely. And so I, I think about that with you actually, like I really do. I'm like, I believe in Kendall. He just needs more reps and opportunities just like the rest of us. And when his time comes, and he's at the at the plate can he hit a home run yeah that's kind of like what this business you know you know is that that's how it starts and ends it's the end all be all in a lot of ways and so you know where do you see yourself fitting in in this new decade man because the truth is this world moves so fast. As soon as we got it figured out, the platforms change. The ground underneath us terraforms, right? So you want
1: to keep on doing reps and figuring it out.
0: So how's your how's your YouTube channel?
1: I just uh, I've more of my videos of short films are my friends' channels. So I haven't really done YouTube. I kind of I unlisted some of my videos because of the new. YouTube policy because I didn't want to get in trouble if I put them back on now. So, and, uh, and I got pretty good exposure. I got more views than I thought I would on bad fans on YouTube.
0: Do you see yourself, film. do you see yourself making like, do you want to make money like with filmmaking tools? Like, do you see yourself, um, doing like wedding videography or stuff like that? Did, did you ever like play with stuff like that? Or do you just
1: strictly want to be a filmmaker? I did filmmaker? my friend's wedding and I, was too stressed out with it i'm kind of a i know i'm more of a i get stressed out easily i'm more of a kind of introverted ex, imperverted kind of guy
0: i feel you yeah at, at the same time like on the same token i feel every filmmaker like us has has tried a wedding you know it's weird like it's like it's like doing a yeah. short film it's like being invited to basically fuck up and try to do a short film in the beginning, like when you everybody's first wedding is usually a horror story, usually, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's kind of like the that's sort of the the unorthodox road that's just laid out in front of us, because there's no straight line to to becoming a David Fincher, right right. It's, I it's feel like there's a hard, no, I it's feel a hard like, balance, I, I man, because like, it, it ain't, I feel it ain't like, easy. You know how you
1: say straight, though? And I feel like the future is it's not going to be a straight thing anymore. I feel like it's going to be a bunch of different types of business models that people do for themselves.
0: For sure. I think I really believe in the, the path to least resistance, right? What do you think is going right. to be, or if you had to fantasy book it, what would, what would that path look like for you?
1: Uh, it's just, uh, having, uh, probably, uh, using some of the profits from my films and invest in rental properties and use that money to, and stock market and stuff and use that to help fund my movies.
0: That's amazing, man. Do you have, do you have, uh, a, a few scripts that are already written? Like if somebody wanted to green lit, you'd be able to be like this one.
1: Exactly. I have, I have a rough draft right now of a script that was a short film, and I'm going to turn into a feature. The a spoof on the Ryan Reynolds movie, Buried. Oh, cool. Cool.
0: I actually never got to see that.
1: I've been watching it again. I just read about it, and it's like the original budget was supposed to, the screenwriter was going to produce himself for $5,000, and then to got, until he got big names attached to it.
0: Nice. So speaking of, of so bur- like. buried, what, what, what were some movies um, in 2019 that were like a rock in your shoe that really stuck with you?
1: Dynamite is my name. The Eddie Murphy Netflix movie.
0: Oh, Dolomite, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, a movie about movie making. Um, what was it about it that that you loved?
1: I just love movies about making movies. A lot of my ideas for films are a lot like movies about making or like movies about making movies and stuff and it's just uh like and how he how he is also a businessman too and just an artist
0: very it's a good point did you ever see be kind rewind oh yeah i love that movie that's a good one too that's one of my favorite um also kind of like low-key um the disaster artist is a, is a little a little like that
1: oh i love that movie like, I showed like show my mom, I had, she had no idea about the room or anything, and it freaked her out, and she's like, is this really a true story? Or did this really happen?
0: Dude, that's so funny, your mom. That's a weird movie to watch with your mom. And yeah, the weird part is, yeah, that You're was Yeah, right. I've
1: seen a lot of weird movies with my mom, so...
0: I think the weirdest movie I've ever seen with my mom... Um, I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of weird stuff with her too. Maybe Black Swan? Yeah. That, that one was a little weird. That is. Yeah. Um, she had a good time watching Us. We saw Us on my birthday. Um, what's another one? We saw... Yeah. We've seen some good movies together. I usually watch good my mom's movies My i the big fan
1: of The Departed.
0: Ooh, it's one of my all-time favorites right there.
1: Yeah, and then this is awkward. Like we, I was so pumped to see Wolf of Street. My parents and I went... <laughs> for out for Christmas and, and I didn't know about all the we didn't know about all the nudity and, and the drugs but she thought it was really funny though
0: oh she's nudity. got a good sense of humor then I guess so yeah I think the movie literally starts with like DiCaprio doing coke off of somebody's butthole
1: no I know yeah and then I was awkward the whole time but I looked over and saw her laughing the whole time well thank god the and movie's only three hours yeah I know I, was, I mean, I was still like, I didn't really kind of, the anxiety went away because I was so, like, like into like into the craftsmanship Scorsese did in that movie. It's probably the, one of the most well crafted films I've ever seen.
0: Oh, Martin Scorsese's the best, man. Did you get to see The Irishman?
1: I, I'm still in the middle of watching it. I saw the first half.
0: Oh, dude, that's a good one. That's, it's one of I his I know, I love it. That's one of his best. Yeah. He's such a, like, I when still, his. When his filmography is all said and done, his whole his, like the 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 big picture of what Martin Scorsese will be known for will be legendary for sure. It already, is. I know, I know.
1: Like I I I still like Casino and sellers better though.
0: Let me ask you: Do you have uh this kind of off topic? But do you have a group of friends like in your hometown that they're able to? chat about movies with and maybe tr- maybe maybe trade like from your collection with from one of theirs and like do you have a a group of of like homeboys that you can hang out with and and talk about movies with
1: i i did but a lot of them like went off to one of them went off to grad school now and then the other one like has a family now so we don't get to hang out as much
0: yeah yeah do you find yeah. it do you find it difficult to to maybe meet more like-minded people?
1: A little bit. I've been putting myself out there a lot more now. I've been going to networking events and stuff.
0: And where where are you at right now? Where are you located? Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's got to be like, I've never been there. I've actually never been to Missouri, but um, there's got to be like a metropolitan area, right? Like a big city? It
1: is. It's a small city. It's a small city okay yeah so I've been uh, going to Springfield Improv the scout out actors for uh, uh, for uh, improv films
0: wow that's brutal um that's kind of smart too have you ever thought about being a personality or a performer in front of the camera
1: I've acted I hate it I'm too uh, I have stage fright
0: yeah totally um
1: I, I have a film I can like send to you and you can put in the show notes of a film I acted in with one of my buddies yeah, for send, a 40-hour film competition.
0: Yeah, send it to me. Have you ever... So how many 24 or 48-hour film competitions have you competed in? I've done three. And what do you get out of that? Like, you got to learn... I mean, talk about reps. Like, you got to be learning... Th- those are fast lessons. Those are my film not,
1: school right there. That's... The best film school I've ever had. I learned more than that. I took in film classes in high school and college.
0: So look at at this podcast right now. I'm going to give you the floor. No pressure. If this was a master class of what you learned from those film races, what could you impart to impressionable indie filmmakers in the making um, that they can take away with that?
1: Deadline and chaos. And thinking on and thinking on your feet.
0: I'm a big fan of deadlines. Like, if I don't put a and deadline true. on something, it's going to exist in my brain forever. I got to get it out. Um,
1: as um, yeah, I feel like that's all. Sorry, I may interrupt you. I feel like that's all creative. it's all creatives like we're like we use procrastination for our for, uh, to our advantage.
0: Yeah, I think procrastination is is exist it's a human condition like i think that's all of our natural state and without a deadline or without a concrete hard out we're never going to get anything done um exactly for sure and i think even the brightest minds and smartest organized people probably procrastinate in one shape form or another so you mentioned chaos in terms of the the film races like give me an example
1: well, I had a, I had a, my buddy helped me act in a film and his girlfriend at the time wanted to be an actress and she was kind of a diva. And they kind of like, I don't, I, I believe we shouldn't have couples on a movie set sometimes. Hmm. Well, certain couples, and they like, he kind of took over some of the directing a little bit and then he said some stuff he shouldn't have said to an actress or a girlfriend. And she, st- and she sat there and said, I'm at, I'm going to sit here and not do anything until. He apologizes
0: to me. Yeesh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's uh it's a different vibe when you have an actual real life couple that are on a it movie is. set. It's a it's a different vibe for sure. Um yeah. you definitely have to be a professional that takes your job very seriously to to yeah. not let that interfere with the job. Absolutely. Man, I got to tell you, um, I'm really looking forward to what Kendall York's got going on in 2020. Can you tell my listeners what they can look forward to and and where they should be able to follow you and how they can keep themselves posted on that?
1: You can follow me on York, Kendall York on Instagram. That's pretty much my main thing. I pretty much post uh, pictures of my dogs and cats and I post like behind the scenes pics and Photos of what I'm working on.
0: That's cool, man. And, and I
1: am planning on doing two feature films this year.
0: Two feature films.
1: Yeah. Man.
0: Feature films. I'm, is...
1: I'm in. I'm. I'm writing. I'm still. I have one rough draft. I'm still working on. And I'm and I'm have an outline of the second one. I'm talking with a, a producer I met at a 40 hour Film Festival who might be the casting director or production manager.
0: She to see a script first. Wow. That's cool, man. Well, I'm going to look forward to that. Um, feature films, Thanks, uh, the fact that you've completed one, you're a part of an elite class of, of filmmakers, because I know people that Thanks, are man. so talented that have been doing this for 20 years that never got a, a feature film under their belt, right? So, the fact that yeah. you have gotten one out of the way, it doesn't have to be a mind fuck. You're You're no longer an aspiring filmmaker. You're you're a real filmmaker bona fide yeah. right so yeah. best of luck on 2020 thanks, you know hopefully the next time we chat on the podcast it's going to be about you promoting one of your feature films absolutely awesome kendall thanks, york follow kendall york on instagram thanks for my mu- uh, thanks so much for coming on the show man i, I appreciate it
1: i appreciate that man
0: thank you sir